0: I should have killed you back in Philly Hello and welcome to Ribbon of Memes episode 63 64 uh, that's been a while since I got one wrong, never mind. Um, I am Nick, the entirely innocent uh, proprietor of this podcast, certainly not with a dark and murderous past. And I am joined as ever by Roger.
1: Well, I guess I'm the murderous crime lord brother then.
0: Well, I guess you are. <laughs> <laughs> and we are, um, as ever, discussing um, films previously described by other completely innocent people with no history of violence um as masterpieces and I've given it away there we have reached 2005 and we are discussing David Cronenberg's A History of Violence.
1: Mm. And uh, got to say coming into this knowing that it's Cronenberg I was expecting something frankly a bit weirder than I got. I'm not saying I didn't like it but but uh,
0: Well, so I've seen... uh, One way or another, I've ended up seeing quite a few Cronenberg films. Um, uh, I really have a huge soft spot for The Dead Zone, which no one else seems to like. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's... uh, Which is Christopher Walken, Stephen King's story of a man who can... uh, Becomes precognitive and realises... Basically, he's got to kill a modern-day Hitler. Um... Uh, and that is surprisingly, uh, it's very dark. I mean, there is zero humour in it, but it's its quite mainstream for Cronenberg. But I've also seen Video Drove
1: mm. and Existence. Indeed. And, yeah, that, that's um, what I think of as default Cronenberg. It's well, not actually all that characteristic because he's done a lot of other stuff too. It, he's, he's actually got a really broad range,
0: but it's fair to say, uh, did he do um, Naked Lunch? The William S. Burroughs one. Uh, it feels like the sort of film he would have done, though. Maybe he didn't actually do it. But he's, uh, the reason I, I bring that up is that he seems to be someone who's very interested in transformation.
1: Uh, yes, cool? yes, he did.
0: He did, yeah. So, yeah, uh, and, and that is kind of the classic transformation um, film. But uh, he, he seems to be someone who's interested in. He also did Crash, didn't he? I've never seen Crash, but about people who um mm. have horrible life changing car accidents and, and what it does to them. Um it gets weird. <laughs> um, but I've not seen it. Um mind you it's got James Spader in it. it's about to get weird. Um so the thinking man's Nicholas Cage. Um so um this is the story based on a graphic novel by one of my favourite comic writers ever the, uh, I would say, underrated John Wagner, who is largely responsible for Judge Dredd um, uh, who has evolved incredibly as a character over his 40 year existence um, from a uh, and actually can evolve from story to story from a basic fascist cop to a kind of action hero to a uh, sympathetic old guy. It's a, it's a very interesting character, to write and very hard to write, because whenever anyone else writes it, it just feels off. <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, John Wagner bro- wrote, uh, the graphic novel, A History of Violence, which is actually very different to this film, or at least the second half is, but it is the story of Tom, uh, I've forgotten his name in the film, because it's different to the graphic novel, Tom Stall, Sh- um, who is, uh, owns a cafe in a rural where is he? Minnesota? Somewhere along those lines. Um Oh nowhere. Uh Indi- Indiana nowhere. I believe. Indiana, okay, yeah. Um uh which is invaded um by two uh brutal thugs um which Tom then quite quickly <laughs> deals with um barely breaking a sweat um kills them both uh, they though just get stabbed through the foot um during it. Um and this brings to light his violent past that he actually was something of a Joe Pesci type character mm. um, in his past as a, uh, a violent and slightly psychotic thug in Philadelphia. Um, and we deal with the repercussions of that on what? how would your family react if that was the case when they thought you were a good man? Um, how would you react when you've buried that part of your life? And that how does your old life react when they realise you're not as dead as they thought they were, you were?
1: Hmm. And I, if anybody who's uh, been reading my trailer reviews for the last few years will know that I get very bored by the basic plot strand of I used to be a violent guy, now I'm a good guy, but I'm going to have to be violent again one last time because yes, it is well, so overused.
0: I mean the classic one is the kind of my daughter has been kidnapped and now I'm going to do bad things to everyone who gets mm-hmm. in my way because I'm justified. Yeah, it, it's a very overused.
1: Yeah, there there drug. is a lovely audio drama in in which the uh, I, I won't say who did it or what the title is, but uh, the protagonist w- wakes up be- being told yeah you 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 took some hits on that last mission so things may be a bit fuzzy, but they've got your wife and this is these are the guys you got to go and get. Every okay. time, every <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: okay, yeah,
1: it's um, yeah. So it's, it's yeah, I, I, I went into this uh, feeling did you at least watch
0: the trailer of this. At no, well, I can't remember it? Oh, no, okay. I, I, but you I was, knew the broad
1: plot. Yeah, and I, I, so I was a little dubious, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, it, it got quite positive reactions from various people, which we'll come back to, yes. and. So I thought, you know, give it a try. And I've got to say, I really like it. Um, this, to me, does that, that plot so well that it doesn't need to be done again.
0: Um, yes, I think so. I, I agree. Uh, it's not so much what happens is different. I mean, the plot is, uh, is that kind of standard plot that bad things come back from your past and you have to become the man you thought... You were, you were never going to be again. It, it is still the standard plot, but yes, it spends it, but a it's, lot it, more...
1: Uh, there's the standard thing here, there are no original stories.
0: Yes, um, but, but, but... There, there are to
1: stories do... told well and stories told badly.
0: Yes, yeah, and and here we get a lot more of the reaction of the people around him. Hmm. I mean, I, d- I don't know how realistic these characters are. I don't know, I mean, I guess you can be skilled at... Killing in the same way you can be skilled at other things, but I don't know. I don't know. There comes a point where you're like, well, I don't know. I don't know. That's because. Well, if, if
1: you go to the level. really extreme, you know, special forces sort of level of competence and mm. then you stop training eight hours a day every day, then that will go. Yeah. Um, yeah. on the other hand, it, it's clear that people can come back to at least, you know, if they were very good at it back in the day, they can still be pretty darn good at it now.
0: Well I think I suppose my take on it is not the much that not so much that he's a superhero as it's a mindset more than anything in the mm. sense that he just has no fear and he knows he can do this and in most situations most people are just paralyzed by oh my god this is happening to me and I I I certainly that's the way I would be just paralyzed uh, by fear and he just isn't and because of that he's capable of doing very violent very physical acts and I suppose one as an aside, one area where we are aware it's Cronenberg is that the you're <laughs> you're left in very little doubt as to the effects of the violence um, on people. Um, hmm. Particularly we get a close-up of one of the thugs who gets shot in the cheek um, to see exactly what that has done to his body um, and how horrific the injuries are. And that, that's one of the few moments where it does feel a bit Cronenberg, or at least what you would think of as David
1: Cronenberg. Yeah, though I think that's a positive thing as well because... A lot of the ways this story is told it's hmm. yay, violent guy gets to do violent stuff woohoo and yeah. I don't think I mean even when he has gone back into violent guy mode, he's not enjoying it. he's being very good at it, but I don't think he ever gets lost. I don't think he's no. ever at risk of going back to being that guy. He wants to get home to his family he, well, that- he he's not enjoying the extreme pain and death he's causing. He's, a, he's well, aware of it, perhaps more than he was back in the day when he was doing it full time.
0: That's—I don't know if it's a problem, but yes, it's interesting that.
1: Oh, it's a good thing.
0: He, well, uh, he—I mean, without Joey, like he would not survive. You know, mm. Joey is the one who who gets him through these fights. Um, but we never see the kind of the real Joey, or you know, the Joey who isn't the violent. Type. We never see this. Implied psychopath who, you know, did things just for fun. Mm. And he says, you know, I did, I killed people for fun. Um, so his suppression of Joey has been so complete that he can only ever sort of emerge kind of subconsciously. But the fact that, you know, we're talking about this on a sort of level beyond what you usually get in these kind of films is interesting because it, it does ask these kind of questions. You know, if, if he was just a normal person that never had Joey, well, he would have died in the diner. Hmm. I, I don't know that it has an opinion on that, other than that's something to think about, isn't it? But and also, yes, he comes out, he does this thing. He's a local hero, and everyone's saying, "Yay!" Yeah, and and he doesn't think that. Um, and his family don't particularly think. Oh, yeah, you're and right part,
1: part of that is because he doesn't want the publicity, though. Yeah, he fails at suppressing it, and and part of it is, I, I think. He, uh... He doesn't want his family to think that that is the way you do things. Yes. And that, that comes up again um, after Fogarty, you know, the, the, the bad guy who comes along after that, having seen his photo. Yes. Um, when, when he is killed, um, ha- having got the advantage o- o- over um, Tom, he, he is killed because Tom's son has picked up a shotgun. Yes. And... There is that tension between, yeah, I have these skills and I'm alive and that is good, but I really do not want my new life to be like this. I do not want my son to be like this.
0: And I get his son kind of, it's interesting because this is different to the comic, and in the comic it's um, his wife that kills Fogarty. Um, I, I think it's better done here because the implication is, you know, there's something inherited here and there's something within his son that he didn't quite know existed. Uh, And that gets slightly unbottled. And it's never kind of glorified. Everyone's horrified around it.
1: Yeah, though also we've seen the son earlier um, dealing with a bully. Mm. And for as long as it is possible to do it, he's trying to de-escalate. He's trying to make a joke out of it, all the rest of it. And I can't help but see some of that as his father has taught him this stuff.
0: Yes, this stuff. well Yes, stand up to bullies. They're all cowards. Uh, I don't know. I think we no, no. I'm, I'm saying, the I'm saying just
1: the opposite. He, he's, he's taught him you can get out of it without yes. being violent.
0: Well, I suppose the implication is uh well. The reason I say that is, um you know, we're often taught that that bullies are all inherently cowards, and we may have talked about this else. I'm not sure that's true, and and, and, and certainly my they may or may
1: not be cowards, but they're certainly a lot better at fighting than somebody who never fights.
0: Exactly, and if you're trying to be smart-ass with them, or at least doing anything other than fighting them in a way that they perceive as smart-ass, then my experiences are very much mirrored by that. So it just, it doesn't work in a de-escalation hmm. way. Uh, there may be other, there may be better ways of doing it, and, and I think being completely random might help rather than taking them on at their level. But uh, yes, it's interesting that those lessons that the father's drummed into him don't work. Um, and the only thing that does work is, is actual violence.
1: But what, Which is arguably what, what's the case for the main plot as well. I, I think the thing we're dancing around here yes. is there is a central performance here, which is just wonderful, and that is Viggo Mortensen.
0: Yes, so he's fresh off the back of Lord of the Rings. Again.
1: Yeah, and he, he's been working since the well, mid-80s, more or less. Yes. Um, but he really doesn't get noticed until he's in The Lord of the Rings.
0: And he it was, he was stand there in Lord of the Rings, um, uh, and, and here he's, yeah, I mean, he's, um,
1: and the, there is so much of this, and the stuff we've been talking about, um, that, that thing, you know, I, I don't want my new life to be like this. This is all non-verbal. Mm-hmm. Um, it, yeah. When, when, when the two guys come into the diner, he's got that look when he picks up the gun of, yeah, I remember exactly how this feels in my hand. And on the one hand, I gave it up, and I'm glad I gave it up. And on the other hand, I kind of missed this.
0: Yes, it's <laughs> it really well. And also, you know, in the aftermath of that, you know, he's he's looking worried and haunted, and that you get the impression, again, just from non-verbals, that isn't just because his his past may well come back to haunt him. It's that he's he's worried. That Joey's coming back. That mm. he is. That he actually enjoyed it a bit, and he he didn't let himself feel that. Um, it's a it's an amazing. Yeah, I absolutely agree. There's a lot of. It's a, it's a very intense performance, but you believe him as a kind family man. Um, uh, you, we never quite see the full blown Joey, but you also, I think. You see the conflict within him. Something like Darth Vader here, but you see the. Um, uh, well, that's
1: the thing. I mean, this is a cliche, but it's this. This time, it is done really well.
0: Yes. Now, so in a lot of these films, they're like the the Family Guy for a bit for a few scenes, uh, and it usually is a guy, frankly. And then the bad thing happens, and then they're just badass for the mm. rest of the film. In this film, he struggles at every step. He tries to avoid it, even in the final confrontation with his brother. He is not, he's not going in there to cause trouble. He, he genuinely wants to make peace with his brother. Um, but yeah, I, I, every step he's trying to avoid his fate. He is absolutely devastated in the reaction it has on his children and his wife. Um, and again, a fine performance by, um, uh, is it Maria, Mar- Maria Bello? Uh, I, I, again, she's really believable as a loving wife who is suddenly, Terrified about this person that she doesn't know anything about. Mm. I mean, we have an interesting... And, and she's got those fade on
1: away cheekbones, which doesn't do any, any harm in my book.
0: I mean, she's, uh, yeah, I think she's spectacularly gorgeous. Now, I... Well, no, it's her, specifically
1: that haunted look.
0: Uh, I knew her as, um, uh, I think she played a doctor in ER for a long time, and I was an avid watcher of ER back in the 90s, so I knew I recognised her as soon as she popped uh, out, but I, um, I, uh, we have a, you know, she's, she's a female character that isn't just, um, defined by being a mother or a wife. You know, we do, we do have more depth to her and Mm. she's frightened by, you know, we have that very, I didn't think gratuitous, that very interesting scene. You know, we've seen them make love before in a very playful way. And then we see this. And arguably in, in a
1: fantasy way, which if you want to find a connection,
0: Exa- yeah, yeah, they're toying with the fancy, and then suddenly they have this kind of quick and dirty and nasty and erotic lovemaking scene on a on the staircase. And, um, and
1: she, as I see it, she's scared of him at that point. She's scared yeah. of the guy he used to be, but she's also kind of turned on by it.
0: Exactly. Yeah, but then immediately afterwards, it's like she's ashamed mm. and horrified. And I just, I thought that was a really interesting and quite human or it felt quite yeah. human to me take of these people just trying to deal with these weird emotions that is suddenly what, and he's obviously extremely confused and does he let Joey out? And, and um, it, it's just really like she, she's amazing in it. He's amazing in that scene in the aftermath. And I, again, I, I, we have talked about sex scenes before and, and uh, you know what female actors have to do um to make a living is, is not always uh, fair and we always, often have male directors getting into it. I, I do feel like that was a, an interesting... It makes really sense. It's it's in, yeah. it's
1: in character and it tells you something about the characters.
0: And it's a scene that wouldn't happen in a lot of these type of films. You know, that they're scared and confused Both of them trying to deal with what is our relationship now because you're not who you said you were, but his take is, you know, you can see that he's also, but I am though, I am that person and I, I, yeah, it's just, there is much more depth to it and much more to read into it and to go over than a lot of these kind of revenge Films and or redemption through violence films, I guess, would be the the other way of putting it. I, I think
1: the um, the relative proportions are important. I mean, the number of actual violent sequences is what basically three. We have
0: three pretty violent scenes, and and they're, and
1: they're all quite relatively short.
0: And they're not glamorized. You know, we never have a mm. pumping soundtrack over them, or well, I didn't notice anyone. That
1: that's where I think Cronenberg has this because you know, he he's said that he's you know fascinated by well viscera. You know, yeah. Blood, other body fluids, organs and so on. And, and he likes depicting those yes. a, as an aesthetic choice. Not
0: yeah. He's, he's fascinated by our inner beauty as well as our outer to some
1: extent, but yes. And so, so because of that, what, what we see is, yeah, we, we get this, as you say, not glamorous. This, yeah. this is what's actually going to happen when, it, when you have a fight like that. It's not pretty.
0: Um, yes. And it's not, yeah, it's not in any way. Uh, action, I mean, the action itself is all very smooth and quick, and he does fight like a kind of a, a superhuman special forces commando, but uh and that's the only bit, I I don't know how efficient at killing you can be for that to be believable, but it's not dwelled upon, and, and we are just sort of given it as a fact of this man, and that's that, that's fair enough, I'll, well,
1: I'll it other than right at the end i think the people he's going up against are people who are used to getting what they want by intimidation and not actually having to fight
0: yes that's that's a good point yes and the um you know ed Hare i mean uh, so that central performance by v vigo morton fantastic uh Maria Bella, I, I think it's fantastic. Uh, we also have Ed Harris and William Hurt here. Um, who I, I yeah. think are both, both
1: of whom great. we've seen in, in previous Rims of Memes films. uh we and, have, Ed Harris yeah. from The Right Stuff. Um, yes. I, I think I first saw him in The Abyss, um, but he, he has this evil Ed Harris thing, and he does that very well, and he does it very well here.
0: It's, uh, I mean, uh, yes, it's, I mean, he does it all the way through. I don't know if you've seen the new Westworld TV show, but that's basically his... A bit of his, it, yeah. First His character season. there is is evil Ed Harris um, to some extent, but he is uh, a very watchable, a very good, threatening actor, um, and and here
1: he's um is kind of he, he's got uh, that confidence that I- in fact is misplaced, but yes. that I know how this works, I know this situation, I know who you are. I'm in control,
0: yeah, um, and I'm not worried uh, until it, until he isn't in control, <laughs> and then he didn't get much chance to be worried at that point because um, because he shot through the back with a shotgun.
1: Um, and yeah, and so- the other one, um, William Hurt, who um, was nominated for best supporting actor for this.
0: So, in this character, Richie is entirely different to the comic book uh, mm-hmm. Richie is, and to be honest, the second half of the comic is. Um, uh, it's not nearly as interesting as the first, which is probably why they diverted from it in the, in the, yeah. TV, in the film. But yeah, really Well, the, there
1: seem to have been two trend. stages of that. Uh, the, the, um, original, uh, screenplay, uh, by all accounts was basically lots and lots and lots of mayhem.
0: Yeah.
1: And, then and David M- wrote, uh, read that and thought, well, I'm not terribly interested Then he talked with Cronenberg and, and they discussed some, some changes to it. I, and yeah, is, is yeah. the comic basic would you say it's it's more in favor of the violence or
0: It is. I mean, it's from the writer of Judge Dredd and, and, and the, <laughs> there's a lot of gratuitous violence. It's it's thoughtful um, and perhaps not as rubbish. I I mean, I've I've read some reviews of this that like the film's great, the graphic novel's rubbish, and I I disagree. I, I do think the story's good, but it does descend into chaos in the second half in a way that is less interesting uh, yeah. i think than the film does
1: it i'll admit i'm not a huge comics fan um i saw the film of the old guard recently and i thought that was great but the comics oh, do yeah. really very little for me so right yep yeah, fair enough um but anyway um, william, william hurt so we we saw him previously in dark city
0: yes um, uh, and he was very very one of here. the best things in in dark city to be fair <laughs> but yeah. yes a very much more sympathetic here he's kind of a over the top villain, really, to some extent, he's almost like a, a Bond villain. Um, but again, brilliantly done. I mean, incredibly threatening um, and believable for the short time he's around.
1: Yeah, and and he's basically got this. My my life my life of crime has been blighted by the stuff you did. Yes, and. I'm not sure if he's even trying, but he certainly does not find find it in himself to forgive that.
0: No. I mean, we we don't have a lot to go off as as to quite what their history is. um, Well, one of the
1: things I really like about this is we never see the flashback to uh, Joey as he was back in the day. We we don't see the incident that made him change his ways.
0: Whereas we do in the comic. Uh, And I think uh, that's to its detriment, because having known that... Uh, I was sort of imagining that as I saw the film, and I think you're right. It's better just left unsaid,
1: or, or just because implied. In, in in a film, I think in any visual medium, it would have to be a single specific incident. You know, I'm I'm looking down at, at the um three year old child I've just shotgunned to death, or whatever.
0: Um, yes,
1: and it doesn't have to be. If it, if it's not on screen, it can be. You know. It just got, I was, I was sitting in my bed and it just got too much for me and I needed to change. It just
0: dawned on me who I was. Yes, exactly. Yeah. It's, it doesn't have to be the cinematic. This is the pivot point or, or even a montage of. Yes, exactly. It works better. The implication. And, and even though I love Mortensen, you know, he's different here. Than he is with the other character, you know, with hmm. with um. Well, Ed Harris's character. The, the, and he...
1: There is a a single shot of that in in the uh, pub in Philadelphia where he's meeting the underling. Yes, he sits down. Are you Joey? Yeah, I'm Joey. And at that moment, he is Joey again. Yes, yeah. that's who he's yeah. got to be to get through this. Yes, that's... Yes, I I feel when he
0: gets around to actually meeting Richie, he's he's a different character again. You know, he's believably meeting his brother and he he's fairly humble and sort of deferential and mm. what, genuinely clearly wants to make things right um yeah i mean he, he's, he's not basically like, i
1: i will i will do a thing but at the end of the day i want to go home to my wife and family and be tom again
0: yes yeah, so what what do i need to do so i can go home and go back to my life um and i think even as he's saying it you can see that he knows that's probably not going to happen i mean he might not be expecting the assassination but he's attempt but he's expecting it's not going to be that simple but he's trying mm. he is trying and he's not he genuinely he went there you know without a gun and he's not interested in in more violence and you don't get the impression that's because he's confident he can handle any situation he finds himself in he just he
1: really wants to not be that person anymore I wonder whether if he, if he had gone there as Tom, he he might have died. At that point, whereas Joey has has this, I want to live. Yeah, and and perhaps you know, there, there, there's he he's blending between them, and at, at that moment, and I, I I do suspect that once he's got back, there there will be perhaps a bit, you know, the good bits of Joey may surface a bit more.
0: Well, that yeah. I well, what I like no, no, is he had get, to be dug up. If he was just Tom, yeah, he wouldn't. He wouldn't have made it to the end of the film. But he never embraces that, and he always tries to suppress it, and he's basically trying to engineer a situation where Joey doesn't have to come out. Mm. And it, you know, it's interesting. We talk about it like it, I, I that you know Joey is another character, and the other way I suppose would be uh, frustrated by it in a novel the way it would do. But I do. I do
1: well I think Wilson
0: is so well drawn here yeah. as Tom that it, that it's easy to speculate on his thought because never for a moment. Unlike some of the other ribbon of memes, never for a moment are you thinking he's acting this. Well, you, you're just drawn into mm. this, this character. And when you see his expression, you're trying to read into what's happening in Tom's mind or Joey's mind because it's, you just feel that that's him.
1: And it's, yeah, it's really well done. I'm thinking of that scene in the hospital where he's talk, talking to Edie and saying, yeah, I killed Joey. And she does not know whether that means I put a bullet in the guy or yes. I, I have this weird mental thing. <laughs>
0: I have, I have to put it like that because of my, yeah, mm. because it doesn't work otherwise. Um, yeah. And, and the horror of his own realization that he didn't kill Jerry, he just suppressed him. Mm. Um, even though that's why he's still alive now. It's, yeah, it's a much more, and I think, I feel like this is David Cronenberg doing mainstream kind of on his own terms. All right, if he's going to mm. do mainstream, I'm going to do
1: it. Like this. Here is Um, this fairly standard plot, but I'm going to do my version of the presentation of that plot.
0: Yeah, which is, uh, you know, a lot of the best, uh, that's what Alan Moore has made a career out of doing, (laughs) basically. (laughs) Um, But uh, yeah, I I think it's, um, it's so well done and so nuanced and and it's not a realistic acting performance. You know, we've just come from Primer and um, Vera Drake, both which had very kind of naturalistic methods of acting. And here it's not. It's not really naturalistic.
1: Yeah, the, the, these people do look like actors, film stars, yes. whatever.
0: And it's 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 beautiful and it's cinematic. But, you know, I, whether we're just used to that, I, I do find that easy to sink into the characters. Mm. Um,
1: well, yeah, and I'm just going to keep coming back to this. Mortensen's performance is mesmerising.
0: It, yeah, to the extent just, that, as you
1: say, I'm, I'm not perceiving it as a performance, I'm I'm just watching this guy because he is magnetic and I want to watch him.
0: Yeah, and to make us feel like that about a plot that we've seen and got bored with yeah. <laughs> a number of times, that's that's quite impressive. And I think a lot of that is Mortensen. A lot of it is, is Cronenberg. Um, hmm. I, I mean, uh, my respect for Cronenberg has gone... I always liked his stuff anyway, but here... I like him, kind of, he's almost restrained by the fact that he's doing a mainstream film, or as mainstream as he's ever going to get, frankly. Um, (laughs) And I I like that he is kind of railing against the edges of that, and and I just, I feel like he's rather than complete artistic freedom, like, I don't know, Existence, which is uh, ultimately a bit too weird and difficult (laughs) to watch, I, I feel like here, when he's, in that cage it just makes a really interesting
1: film. Hmm. I it's I, I suppose you could say it's the same sort of idea as Ulupo, the the um early 20th century school of thing, things like for example can you can you write a book complete book without ever using the letter e? <laughs>
0: yes, yeah. That, that
1: sort of artificial constraint can sometimes produce some really good art. I can I can yes, sometimes it I, doesn't.
0: <laughs> yes, sometimes it creates terror, but but I I mean I think Cronenberg, is a, it, um, on the strength of this, uh, amongst other films, I think he's an amazing director. Mortensen's a fantastic actor. And it just... Also, I don't think it's a coincidence we both like this film a lot. It's an hour and a half long, an hour <laughs> and 40 minutes. I mean, it's not... Uh,
1: 77, I think? Anyway, something it's
0: like It's not... It's certainly not a two-hour botherer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Again, it's not, we, we, oh, I can't remember the last time we had a good Bechtel test passer. 96. But it's about, it's about men being manly men.
1: Um, yeah, I mean, there are two female characters, but one, one of them's uh, Edie and the other one's the daughter. And yeah, everybody else um, is already a bit part.
0: I suppose actually it may be a Bechtel test passer because they do have a conversation about shoes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> now I think about it, but I, I can't help but feel that's the spirit of the test rather than the, the,
1: the law of the test. Um, Yeah, Yeah, I mean, this this is about Tom, and it is about Tom's relationships with other people, but it is always about Tom and X. And
0: also, what I I, I do, you know, a lot of these, I keep going a lot of these films, but a lot of films (laughs) with this plot finish after Richie is killed, but that is not Tom's story. Tom's story is he goes back to his family, and does he get... Is there a reconciliation or not? And I, I, yeah, I was watching it because I couldn't quite remember how it ended. That I thought, oh, well, they're going to reconcile, aren't they? But even that, it, it's left on a kind of, they just look at each other and that's, I mean, I mean, yes, they're going
1: them. to probably. They will, yes. But it's going to take a while. But... And it's
0: not going to be quite the same relationship that it was. Um, yeah. But they both feel enough in, about each other that they will work around that, probably. I
1: just, I, it's, yeah. I, they, they're in a the chance of making it work Exa-
0: yeah I, I'm full of admiration for getting all that nuance in this pretty standard story mm. um, a faintly slightly unrealistic slightly fairytale-y story but it doesn't feel that way honestly it is um, it is good
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> have you got more you want to say about a history of
1: violence no, I, think, I think that's about it um, it's it, 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 Apart from that one Academy nomination, it did it didn't, uh, I, it got reasonably positive reception. Uh, not, not, you know, blockbuster, but, uh, generally positive. Um, one of the reasons we considered this, it, it's one of the ones that, um, David Thompson talks about. Uh, oh,
0: yes. Now I haven't read what he thought about it. Alongside
1: Brookback Mountain and the three burials of Melquiades Estrada.
0: Uh, yes, we did. I mean, about, I felt like it probably should be Brokeback Mountain, but my it's probably a film of, we
1: ought to see at some point. I haven't seen I it.
0: it. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to spoil it now, other than it's very long and quite slow, um, but laudable. Uh, but otherwise, yes. And um, what does David Thompson think of this?
1: um <sighs> he's not not completely clear i think <laughs> so, okay it's one of it so he's written this uh, he, clarify, he's he's, written he's, this. he's in favor of it certainly but um I, I i think one would have to read the thing rather than summarize it i'll i'll have a look i'll have a look
0: but he writes I, what i i like his i basically he's done this book um of have you seen which is a collection of one page not reviews not critiques they just kind of almost random thoughts on films and some of them end out a bit like straight reviews and some of them are almost stream of consciousness and and some of them, are,
1: some of them are actually i don't really like this that much but i seem to have started writing about it now so. <laughs> <laughs> yes exactly
0: oh well i'll be interested to have a read of it um but there we are um a, a masterpiece and it
1: was, right um, friend of the friend of the show mary annie um, number one film for 2005
0: as well as, I think, Mark Commode's, um, uh, number, uh, film of the year for mm. 2005. So, how do you feel about a masterpiece of this, Roger?
1: Yeah, I think so. Um, A, that absolutely perfect performance, but also B, there is nothing here that I think doesn't work.
0: Yeah, I think that's fair. I, I think for me, I have some slight, um, I don't know. Maybe it's because the film is otherwise very realistic. I, I feel like, well, not realistic, but because it's basically a cliched plot of someone who's really good at killing people. I don't know. I do wonder is it, how possible that is to get through, even the three life-threatening situations that we've seen largely unscathed. But to be fair, that is the genre, and one of our um, one of our criteria, one of my criteria, is this: a pinnacle of this particular form and for me it's the best uh, man has to be a tough man again when he doesn't want to be a tough man again hmm. it, it's hands down the best implementation of that plot and that it's I've looking at the
1: downsides of that as well as the upsides
0: yeah yes it is not it's not glorifying the violence um, it is a pinnacle of the form and I, I think frankly although I like the comic a lot it is uh, it's a lot better than the comic I must say and yeah I Cronenberg knows exactly what he's doing. Mortensen is great. We have some fantastic supporting actors with them: Maria Bella, um, Ed Harris, and William Hertz. Um Yeah, for for me, it's a masterpiece, and and certainly, I would. Uh, I'd like to revisit it because I feel there are depths in the performances that I'd like to look at again. Hmm,
1: yeah, I can certainly so, see myself watching this again, you know, reasonably yeah. soon.
0: Yes, it's not quite. Um, Ghosts of Mars, <laughs> it's a very different, uh, I don't know why that popped into my mind but it's a very different uh, type of film but um, thoughtful and well done but still satisfying and yeah It's
1: enjoyable good. on a straightforward level and on yes. a let's p- take, take this apart and analyse it a bit level which is ni- nice to see
0: Yes and uh, yeah we don't get a huge amount of those on Ribbon and Memes. Oh there we go, two thumbs up yeah. uh, to coin a,
1: a, a even it's oh, it's it's probably praise. a trademark or something.
0: Uh, probably is yeah, so. Uh, well, we've all got thumbs. I just have. <laughs> <I've seen laughs> them. So, two
1: thousand and five in film.
0: Yes, let's hear it. We it's interesting because I've been very depressed by the sequels and franchises that have been developing because it feels like we're heading towards the situation we are in now. But none of the films we've picked recently, probably deliberately have been any of those. They've either not had sequels or we wouldn't want to watch the sequel. (laughs) Um, Go on then, you can hit me with how depressing this is. Well,
1: at the Academy Awards, um, Crash is the... uh, not that Crash, the other Crash.
0: Yeah, I was going to (laughs) say, yeah, okay, the other Crash. That was the one with like Ben Affleck and... um, I've forgotten who directs it, but that kind of... uh, uh kind of Steven soderbergh Soderberger like maybe it was Steven Soderbergh a collection of different stories all related to a car crash. Hmm. as I recall.
1: So, okay. So yeah. I
0: think uh, I've seen that. I don't remember much about it.
1: Paul Haggis, whom i never heard of. <laughs> no. Fair enough. Uh so Brooke macmount So that, that got two majors, uh picture and original screenplay and, and one minor. Uh Brooke Backmountain yes. got director and adapted screenplay.
0: Yeah, that was the
1: darling, wasn't it? I, uh it's it's good. Well, but... I mean, we've we've seen plenty of films get more than three or more than two yeah. majors. Uh I, I think there was a certain amount of yeah. Th- this is a film which you absolutely cannot claim has incidental homosexuality, and is, it is kind of about you know, you, you, yeah. You you can't write out and 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 we 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 are trying to get away from from our rapey ways. Well, we're trying, to, <laughs> trying not to admit to our rapey ways, but but we're trying to be you know sort of. Positive about non-patriarchalism, and I think I think that worked in its favour. Though yeah. it,
0: it felt like it was a worthy. Its time has come round, Oscar winner. As far as is it a great deal of fun or interesting to watch? I maybe we we'll leave that for another time.
1: Yeah, we may as well come back and visit this at some point. Um, so, uh, Capote, Philip Seymour oh, Hoffman yeah, got I've the seen best that actor.
0: Too. That's. Uh, problem with Truma Capote is he's such a, <laughs> <laughs> he's such a uh, flamboyant, over-the-top character that he doesn't feel real. Um, mm. So, But uh, yes, I think I've seen that. And it's a good performance by What's-His-Face, who I can't remember. It's um, more
1: often. Thank you. Uh, best Actress, uh, Reese Witherspoon in Walk the Line. Uh, we Ooh. may well come back and we talk about well that. We may well
0: revisit that later, yeah.
1: Uh, supporting actor was George Clooney in Syriana. Uh, we, we did consider this, but the whole written and directed by Stephen Garden, who had previously worked on, I think he was screenwriter on Traffic.
0: Traffic. It felt very similar. St- yeah. We,
1: we do actually know that international oil companies are not good people.
0: <laughs> yeah. And yeah. It felt like it would be, perhaps that's unfair because not of have seen it, but it felt like, covering traffic ground a bit too much.
1: Um, but by many accounts, it, it is a much more realistic um, portrayal of this kind of thing than your typical action film, but, yeah, I, I, we, yeah. we weren't really in the mood for it, at least. No, uh, and enough. supporting actress was uh, Rachel Vice in The Constant Gardener.
0: Now, I have seen that. that. Is, is it John le Carre or Lender? It's John le Carre. John le uh, novel, yeah. It's a very good film, is my memory of it, but, um... Mm-hmm. Maybe we'll revisit that
1: sometime too, you never know. Uh, meanwhile, at the box office. <laughs> Brace yourself. Uh. <laughs> <sighs> okay. Uh, so, yeah, num- number 10, Hitch. Uh, Will Smith, comedy, romantic comedy. Uh, I don't think I've seen it. I don't think I'd even heard of it.
0: I think I have heard of it and was in, uh, it's not the one where is it? Is he's a
1: relationship counsellor or something.
0: Ugh, uh, no, no, not for me, I guess.
1: Uh, Number nine, Batman Begins, the Christopher Nolan one.
0: Oh, a start of another franchise for a pre-existing franchise that had already franchised. I
1: cannot help feel that there are an awful lot of stories that haven't been told yet that aren't Batman, and Batman (laughs) has been told several times, often quite well. Yeah,
0: it's all, well, it's it's a good film, I suppose. (laughs) But I, I've no desire to read. Having watched all three of that particular Batman trilogy, yeah, good. Yeah, all I right. don't
1: think I've actually seen that one. Yeah, yeah it's, if
0: you're in the mood for that, which I doubt you ever are, <laughs> Roger, then you might enjoy it.
1: So, I mean, okay, that that, that is, um, I, I assume it was intended to be part of a series if it didn't bomb horribly, so... There's that.
0: Yeah, there's a clue in the name, isn't there, it, really? Uh, it's not quite an adaptation of Batman Year One, um, but it's not far off. Uh,
1: so, at number eight, Charlie in the Chocolate Factory, the Tim Burton version.
0: Yeah, this is where I really started to question whether I was a Tim Burton fan, because I'd seen Planet of the Apes, and then I saw this, and I. Did. We already have a good Charlie in the Chocolate Factory film. Mm. Although it was it was called Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory, I think. Gene Wilder,
1: I, I don't know, it's just better than Johnny Depp, sorry. Yeah, uh, I I have not seen it. Uh, I tend to feel, yeah, I I wasn't asking for a remake, so I don't need to consume the remake. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, Number seven, Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Now, yeah, this this is It's interesting, because it it sounds quite fun. The the, 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 married couple, they're kind of bored with each other and so on. Um, Secretly, they are and neither of them knows the other is assassins belonging to com- to competing agencies.
0: Yes. And so they both... I, I haven't seen it. I they think they, they, they end, end up getting assigned to kill Germany. each other
1: and, and, yeah. and so on. Uh, Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie when they were celebrity news.
0: Yeah.
1: Um I like the idea of the film, but quite a few people have said, yeah, this sounds great in a synopsis, but the film itself is actually a bit dull. Right, so. OK.
0: Yeah, I mean certainly. Yeah, I've not seen it. There's not been a ton of sequels here or franchises so mm, far, yeah. which is nice.
1: Um, number six, we've got uh, Madagascar, the DreamWorks computer animated. Oh,
0: okay. Spoke too soon because that's on like this fourth iteration. Yeah, it's it's all right though. It's all right.
1: I've seen the Penguin spin-off. That was sort of vaguely fun, and I've forgotten almost everything about it. <laughs> yes.
0: Yeah. Well, this is um. Yeah, I've watched it many times the kids and i i don't utterly hate it so
1: that's something uh number five the peter jackson king kong yeah you've just made the lord of the rings you have all (laughs) the money you can make any film you like and you choose to make this
0: yeah i haven't seen it um but I have seen the original King Kong. Well, I, yes, yeah. me too.
1: I quite enjoyed yeah. the original King Kong.
0: Yeah, yeah. I don't know that I need another one. And certainly not a three or four hour one, which is probably was.
1: <laughs> I've also seen the original Most Dangerous Game, which uh, had no budget and, and shot on sets for King Kong, between them being built and them being used for the film. <laughs>
0: Amazing.
1: Uh, number four, uh, The War of the Worlds.
0: Oh, is that the Spielberg version? Yeah,
1: the, the, I, all right, I already wasn't a Spielberg fan, but I, I think a lot of people said, hang on a minute, is Spielberg really great?
0: Yeah, I, Tom Cruise being very, very Tom Cruisey as well. Mm. Uh, again, I, yeah, have I seen it? I mean, I as, I as, as an alien
1: it. who doesn't really understand humanity, he is very convincing.
0: <laughs> He's, it's very post-2001 in that it's got that real feel of... uh the Twin Towers collapsing and shaky cam and horrible things happening. A bit like um, Cloverfield, but I don't know hmm. that it brings a lot to the table otherwise. Uh,
1: but being fair, again, not intended to be a sequel, and even if, even if it hadn't done quite badly, it probably wouldn't have had one.
0: There's quite a few remakes in this uh, yeah. list
1: there. Well, th- this is... We, we, it's been sneaking up on us, um, but it's probably reasonable time to talk about it, They've, they, we've got the point now that films are just so expensive to make if they're, yes. if they're going to have any chance of getting into this high, high-end high bracket at all um, that you the money men want to, want to have a say and one of the things that is positive for them is a known thing uh, Yes, a known... this
0: thing made some money a time before and it's been ooh, at the, least six years since the last time we made it There
1: are people out there who are going to remember the name Yeah E- yeah, e- we'll even even if the last curious. film that did it was rubbish,
0: yeah, they'll be curious as to what. Yeah, hmm.
1: uh, and as with the Charlie's Angels films, for example, which was very much, yeah, no, nobody is saying I want a Charlie's Angels film thirty, forty years later, but it is a name that people know. And this is after Mission
0: Impossible has happened, isn't it? I believe, mm. and yeah. so this is starting to become yeah, almost like instead of sequels, this is starting to become the. Uh, when I say remake, some of these are deliberately intended to be reboots which is an even more insidious word because the idea is, let's start the franchise over again.
1: And we'll keep certainly... some of the same ideas maybe.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah, particularly with Batman Begins, but yeah, a number of these are that feeling. Ooh, Okay. Uh,
1: number three uh The Chronicles of Narnia, The Lion, The Witch and the Wardrobe.
0: Well, that was supposed to be a franchise, wasn't it? It was. Unfortunately, there's but only it did. one good Frania book. Very badly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and, why well, didn't they make Prince Caspian? But that's a terrible story, as I recall. Um, or uh, maybe they did yeah, Voyage they of the uh, Dawn Treader. made Prince
1: Caspian and Voyage of the Dawn Treader. Um, but by that, um, th- this did okay, but not well, I think.
0: There's a reason people only remember the line, The Witch in the Wardrobe, because the other books are all not very good. And i i i, will admit
1: Lewis. I, I will, well i am biased in, in multiple directions here but uh, i i don't think um i don't think if you're trying to say you know twenties thirties era children um you can really do that just by saying here kids here are some costumes you you there are there are different attitudes yeah. there are different ways of holding yourselves there are different ways you talk to adults yes Anyway, that that's me. I'm yeah,
0: no, not, not, um, not a uh, huge
1: Lewis fan anyway, but that's a separate concern.
0: Uh once I learned it was a heavy allegory for Christianity, I, I the,
1: this uh, is quite a lot of people get this. Um it it's you you can't say it's it's heavy handed until you realise what's going on. <laughs> but but <laughs> then, then, then it's everywhere.
0: Do. Yeah, that is the problem, and I didn't realise that as a kid, um but now it does put me off a
1: bit, I'm afraid. Uh so number two, uh, Star Wars episode three. The sixth Star Wars film, they don't need to make any more now, right?
0: Right? <laughs> I think I'd lost interest by this. They were just,
1: ah oh. Well, with, with this whole second trilogy, I, I saw them at some point, but it was, you know, some, somebody else would have them and say, shall we watch this? Rather than, I'm setting out to see this film.
0: The a point, which was a sad point for me, where I realised, this is just a silly space film like everyone used to say and I don't know that I want to watch it anymore that, that was a sad realisation for me but there we go
1: and at number one, uh Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire so oh. uh, what's that film <laughs> four, three so and- what
0: have we got sequels and reboots and then maybe four original films? Uh,
1: so if we have we got War of the Worlds and King Kong as reboots and Charlie so that leaves us with Hitch and Mr and Mrs Smith that aren't either.
0: Oh, okay. Well then we were a bit dismissive of both of those but we haven't seen either of them. So, uh,
1: But th- this is also um the, the, year, the year that brought us Good Night and Good Luck. Uh, oh
0: yeah? We nearly watched that for this podcast.
1: Yep. Yeah. Uh, and indeed, Serenity.
0: Ooh, yes. I mean, I know Joss Whedon is, um, capital P problematic now, but that's a good film.
1: And, and of course, uh, that timeless classic, Wallace and Gromit, The Curse of the Weir Rabbit.
0: That is, I would fight anyone who doesn't think that's a masterpiece. It's I don't think it's great. as great
1: as the earlier stuff, but it's pretty good. No, but for a film, <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: yes, if we could have, um, uh, the, the earlier films as films, that but as, as a film goes, it's bloody great.
1: So yeah, that's 2005
0: That is 2005 We we are picking
1: the gems out of the stuff that isn't gems
0: I must say, yeah we Well, at least this one was um, Well, we really like A History of Violence And it did feature in the Oscars Um, And Cronenberg, yeah, I think uh, I definitely would like to watch more of his Um, Mm.
1: Yeah, I I would like to get away from the I'm going to play with your mind now Explicitly that we talked about Existence and uh, Videodrome Which I enjoy but I'd, the, I'd like the to body get into, horror,
0: yeah, uh, uh, yes, into his other
1: aspects of his his work. Well, it's got a
0: really human, nuanced take here. Um, that's good. That's good. All right. Well, we will be back uh with our last film for two thousand and five um, shortly, depending on when you pick this podcast up.
1: How do you fuck that up? <laughs>
0: <laughs> that reminds me of a Humphrey, <laughs> sorry, a- a- anecdotally that reminds me of Humphrey Littleton who used to, um, uh, who used to host the, uh, 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 I'm sorry, I haven't a clue. Um, and, um, of course it was, um, uh, an anecdote of him, uh, it was, uh, Barry Cryer, uh, was sitting next to him at breakfast in a, bed, in a bed and breakfast, um, uh, and they brought him breakfast and Humphrey Littleton looked down at it and sighed and said, honestly, how do you fuck up a plum? <laughs> Which, I just—you uh, would have to hear in his voice, but anyway, sorry, that was a, a segue to the end of the podcast. <laughs>